Oh, perfect. That was the sound there of Julipa. And uh, don't start now. Yeah. Okay, well, we won't start, but we are, obviously. Um, On the line just now, we have got Josh. Josh, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Liz. How are you? Good. I'm good, yeah, I'm great. Thanks very much indeed. Um, Thank you for asking. So, you are Josh Connor, and you stay in the lovely Riviera side of um, East Lothian, if you like. You stay in Gullen, yep. is that right? I do, yes. I stay in Gullen. I grew up here for, uh, was here from about the age of five or six to about 19, yeah. So you must only be about, what, 21, 22 now? <laughs> uh, I'm 27, actually. Wow. I'm 27, yes. Yeah, I'm getting on a bit. <laughs> never, <laughs> never. Um, so you sort of come to us, like, to talk about kids football, you know, sort of grassroots type football and that. Because um, I believe yep. that you were, or you told me this, that you were over in California for eight years um, coaching kids over there. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I was. Um, I uh, I went over there at about the age of 19 um, to go pursue coaching football as kind of like a career, so to speak, and it was with kids. So, um, yeah, I was out there for, for eight years of my life, and I just moved back here last June, June 2020. Wow. That's amazing that it's, are you, was it um, sort of, were you teaching them football or were you teaching them American football? <laughs> no, no, like proper, proper football. Um, it was, uh, it was just like kids age between the age of about five or six all the way through to about 18. Um, just kind of working at a club and yeah, doing that pretty much seven days a week um, when the season was on. So it was a, it was a really good experience and really rewarding, you know, to, to work with kids, especially the young ones, and to kind of have a team for two, three years and see how they see how they kind of develop, not just as kids, but as people. It, uh, it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It must have been, especially if you've been there and you had maybe, say, a child from, like, when you first went there and then to see them when you left, how their skills had developed and things like that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And it was always, you know the kids that maybe struggled for a little bit um, and then they kind of go on to be the kids that kind of stand out or improve. That's always the, that's always the best when you see the kids get that confidence and, um, mm-hmm. and kind of start to go on and, and the parents kind of tell you that it is transcending into not just football but other side of their life and school and stuff. Yeah. Um, that, was always the, that was always the coolest thing. That was kind of the thing that made me enjoy, enjoy doing the job so much. Yeah, because, I mean, a lot of people think, oh, it's just football coaching, but you're actually sort of giving them life skills as well. You know, you're teaching them, like, discipline, but you're also teaching them, you know, confid- you're giving them confidence to shine at other things and excel at other things and academically and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Spot on. It, it, you know, when I first went out there, I first got into it, you know, 18, 19 years old. You don't think of that side of things because mm-hmm. you're young yourself. Um, you think you're just going to coach football. But as you get into it, you know, you're you're a role model for those kids. Um, and it's important that, you know, you, you do the right thing by them every time you show up. Because yeah. like you say, you're not just teaching them football. You're, you're teaching them life. And I grew up, you know, having coaches be role models for me. So I kind of was fortunate in that spot and, and was able to, you know, hopefully be that for, for all the kids that I coached out in, in the States for eight years, yeah. yeah. Did you find it was quite sort of strange for you being close in age to some of them, you know, being like their mentor, if you like, and being so close in age to them? Did you find that was a bit strange or did you find it was easier being, you know, that close to them age-wise? 
Uh, yeah, no, that's, that's actually a really good question because I coached the high school team the whole eight years I was out there. So when, like I say, when I first got there, I was 18, 19. So the oldest kids in the team at the time would have been 17, 18 years old. Mm-hmm. So they were only a year or two younger than me. So that was the first time I'd ever kind of was the coach to people, like you say, that were my age. Um, and it's definitely different. You have to find that line of being almost like a friend to them, but at the same time having them respect you too yeah. um, and understanding that you are the coach. But again, that's just another, for me, another life skill that I learned um, how to deal with those situations. But it's definitely different doing it when they're closer in age to you than it is obviously the little ones. Yeah, because the wee ones are like, they'll look up to you like you're an authority figure. So they've got to listen yeah. to you. Whereas the older ones maybe sort of push that boundary slightly, you know, to see how far they can go with you before it's like, you know, you say enough's enough. Exactly. And I think, for the, you know, the, the funny thing about coaching the little ones is they, they'll tell you the truth about things too because that's just how kids are. So yeah. uh, you get a good bit of, uh, you get some good honest feedback from the kids about your sessions or what you're doing. So you kind of have to take that into account as a coach too and uh, and actually take it on board because, most of the time, they're actually right with what they're saying. Right, yeah, that's right. And as you say, the older ones will just say, yes, I, you're fine, or no, you're horrible, or whatever. Um, but as you say, exactly. the younger, yeah, your younger ones, you're getting more honesty out of them. So you moved back here, as you say, last year. Oh, what a time to move yeah. back. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It was, all, it was all planned before the whole COVID thing oh. hit, and then obviously I got... It got moved back. It got moved closer a few months mm-hmm. up than I was originally planning on coming back. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's been an interesting last year for everyone. Yeah, did you find it strange coming back to the UK with like all these COVID restrictions? Because I think they were were they not a wee bit sort of more relaxed in America? Yeah, it was a little bit more relaxed in the states for sure. Um, where I was in California, and they're they're kind of back to somewhat normal from speaking to my friends there. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You know, obviously things opened up a little bit here again in the summer, so that was fantastic. I got to hang out, hang out with my mates and kind of do a bit of socialising. But yeah, it's been a, you know, and Gullin's a great place. It's nice, it's beautiful. I'm lucky to be here and walk around in COVID and, you know, go down the beach and everything. But being 27 years old, uh, you know, it can get a little bit boring with nothing to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Imagine yeah. it would be. Um, especially sort of... Is, is this the reason that you're doing, now you're actually doing podcasts, aren't you? Yes, I am, yeah. So is that what's causing it, because you're bored? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that is definitely definitely part of it. Um, you know, from the time of March when we went into lockdown in the States to June when I moved back, I obviously wasn't working, so I had a lot of time to really think about what I was going to do for coming home. And doing a podcast was something that kind of... I've, I've been thinking about for a while and, mm-hmm. and to kind of come at it from a coaching point of view because I've had that experience as well as just talking about kind of your your kind of day-to-day, week-to-week football stuff. And um, yeah, if it wasn't for my little brother Matthew and my two good friends, Greg and Scott, who kind of helped me, you know, just do the first couple of episodes and just kind of give it a shot, you know, I've got the ball rolling on it. And um I've just been really enjoying it and I've just started to kind of speak to some coaches and, you know, I last my last one I just did last week was with the, the Gullen Athletic um, guys that run the football program here and, and that was nice because obviously growing up in Gullen, you know, and um, seeing these guys give something back to the community is really cool. So, um, 
yeah, it's been uh, it's been enjoyable so far. Good, that's good. So, what would you say to anybody that's sort of thinking, oh, I don't know if I want to send my son to sort of football or anything like that? Would you encourage them a hundred percent to send their wee ones? Yeah, I, I think so. I think that it's important. I think sport, like we've said, you know, at the beginning of this, like sport is more than just them going there for the sport. You know, if you have certainly if you have the right people looking after your kids. They get some great life lessons, some great skills. You know, you socialize, you make new friends. Mm -hmm. And, you know, certainly if they get older and they become a bit more independent and they can be part of a team and that, you know, learning how to work as a group and, you know, working hard for other people is is massive. So not just football. If, you know, people, you have young kids, get them involved in in every sport and and have them try out Mm -hmm. three, four or five different sports. There's nothing wrong with that. And see what... The most important thing is what does your kid like? Um, you know, don't don't force something upon them. Like, what are they reacting to well? What are they saying they're enjoying? And just make sure you continue to encourage that, I would say, from as a parent. Yeah, definitely. My granddaughter actually goes to football in Gullen. She goes, mm-hmm. she's um, six. And she goes, to oh, the foo- she goes to football there and she absolutely loves it. She thinks it's the best thing ever. She absolutely loves playing football. Um, Fantastic. We keep that's, saying that's she should have, she should have been a boy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But she there yeah, there is great. yeah there is a lot of various different clubs and that all sort of around East Lothian and beyond. Obviously, um, mm. that are doing things like that. They're still sort of but because of COVID, do you find that they've sort of shut some of it down just now, or is it still yeah on the go? yeah. Th- yeah, no, unfortunately, uh, certainly from, from a Gullen perspective, and I've done a little bit of coaching, you know, since I've come back here for, for other people, certainly up in Edinburgh and everything. Yeah, there's not been a lot going on since, you know, before Christmas, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. You know, the kids aren't getting to go out and, and do that stuff, but it sounds like it's all slowly starting to open back up again. So I would expect in the next month or so, hopefully, you know, the sports can come back and the kids can get back out there and, get to their football or their rugby or whatever it may be and, and get outside again and start playing again. Yeah, because it's it's good for them, obviously, fresh air and things like that. And um, it's, Oh, yeah. So going back to your podcasts, what, yeah. what are you been talking about on your podcast lately? And where can we find them, more importantly? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So um, I'll answer the first question. So... I kind of just started with talking with my close friends about the kind of weekly football that's going on to get going. And then that kind of slowly progressed into speaking to coaches, um, you know, about their journey through coaching and what they learned and, and the kind of path that they've gone down. Because I think it's important for people to understand that if you want to be a coach, there's a lot of different ways you can go about it. You know, you, you know, it's, like anything, it's extremely difficult to go on and coach in the Premier League or the STL. Um, but there's so many different avenues you can go down in football. And I think that one of the things about the podcast and speaking to coaches I want to do is have them understand that, that there's more than one way. And also for kids like me who are 16 years old that love football and knew I was not going to make it at any level, to know that there's a pathway to still be involved in it, you know, whether it be through coaching or you know, I've got a friend that's at um, Dundee United who does some, like, performance analysis stuff. That stuff's becoming quite big. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different avenues. And I, and I guess that where I'm going with the podcast now 
is trying to take it, you know, down that pathway so people can listen and, and also for parents to, you know, hear stories and hear about these people that they're taking their, their kids to and yeah. get to know them as a person more, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and with regards to, to where it all is, I mean, uh, it's on Instagram and it's called Canon Conversation, C-A-N-N-O-N, and then Conversation. The Insta is the one I probably update the most. Um, I've also got a Twitter page for it. And then with regards to Facebook, I just kind of post it on my own Facebook, which is Josh Cannon. Um, and I've got a YouTube channel as well. So I record it, I do a video, and I also do audio for Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all the podcast apps. So wow. it's, on, it's, on, it's on all the usual stuff you would, you would uh, expect mm-hmm. to see it. So it's just a case of searching for Josh Cannon somewhere. You'll find him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Canon conversation on is probably the best thing to do on mm-hmm. um, YouTube and Instagram. Um, and yeah, you'll be able to see the Insta page and the YouTube and the Twitter page and, and all that stuff there. It's quite handy that how everything sort of links up now eh, and social media. Yeah. You know, you've got like, for me, it's like I've got my Instagram, my Snapchat and all that all linked up. And my TikTok's linked into it, things like that. It's, mm-hmm. it's good mm-hmm. how you can do that now, whereas years ago just wouldn't have even been thought about being able to do something like that. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, you know, I was very fortunate for the last 18 months of my time in California. I um, worked with my cousin who started up like his own football training company, like one, one, one-on-one privates and, and camps. So, you know, I got that experience of building a brand, mm-hmm. you know, through social media and obviously through the coaching. I had a bit of experience doing that. And it's um, like you say, the internet and social media can be used for a lot of things and it's an opportunity for myself being able to try and do something like this or you with, you know, being on the radio, yeah. you know, being able to promote it. Um, it's really good. I think the hardest thing for me is to detach yourself from all the usual stuff, like how many views did it get? How many likes did you get? You kind of have to try and distance yourself from that and just, you know, do what you want to do and, and put it out there and, you know, what will work will work. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So are you getting some sort of feedback from friends in that regard and of how your podcast is going? Are they, are they all sort of happy with you using them as guinea pigs? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I would hope so. I think so. Um, yeah, I've, I've had a few, you know, I mentioned my brother and my friend Greg and Scott. They've kind of regularly been on with me. You know, some old friends that I haven't seen properly for a while mm-hmm. um, that I used to play football with. I've had a couple of them on and will continue to do so. And I want to make sure I keep doing that, you know, yeah. once a week because it, it's enjoyable to, to come on and chat with your friends and do that. And it gives us, you know, it gives us what I'm about is, you know, hanging out with my friends, watching the football. So that's yeah. what I really do, you know, on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. So having that part of it is really important to me and continuing to do that. Um, I'll always continue to do that. Really, I don't care how big how big this gets. If it ever gets that big, I'll still continue to have my friends on. That's the most important thing for me. Yeah, it's it's, it's difficult as well at the moment because of the situation. You can't actually go to football matches. Um, you know, you mm. can't go to rugby matches. You can't do this. You can't do that. It's it's pretty difficult at the moment. Obviously, hopefully, we're all it's going to start easing slightly, and we can start getting back to some sort of normality. But this, what you're doing is actually giving people an insight into what's happening without them having to sort of think, oh, it's on Sky, I can't watch it, or it's on whatever, I can't, you know, BBC Sport, or BT Sport or whatever, you know, 
Um, yeah. You know, you can sort of, they can delve into yours because I, I am presuming that you do mainstream football as well as the little leagues, if you like. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talk, <laughs> we talk about um, the Premier League, the Scottish League, anything that really comes up on a weekly basis of football that, you know, is, is worth a mention. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we try and just like talk about it and put our own spin on it. And obviously, I've had the coaching background. My brother had the coaching background. And, you know, all the people that I get on are, you know, real proper football fans that watch every game or still play mm-hmm. to this day. So it, it's quite, you know, the feedback I've got is from people. It's quite nice just to hear some regular guys talking about it rather than, you know, Ra- guy sport kind yeah. of professionalised environment, which has been pretty cool. Yeah, rather than like your Linekers and yes, yeah. Camera and things like that. It's, it's yeah. nice. It's Here's like... Sorry, it's like you're sorry. sorry um, it's like you've got local voices. You know, it's yours are local people, so it's like the local voices speaking about it. You, you know, your your sort of bedroom pundits, if you like, having a banter yeah. about it, and you know, going on about you know speaking about what's happening in the world of football, rather than personally for me, this is just my opinion. It's nothing to do with the radio station, but my opinion is, I'm sure half of them get paid by certain teams to speak about them constantly because they're always on about them. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, the way I yeah. feel it. That's how I feel it is because I've watched a few of them, eh? And that's how it feels to me that they're sort of <laughs> paid by, like, Liverpool or something. They speak about them all the time. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you're not far wrong. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, when you're part of a big company like that, I think that's the cool thing that podcasts have been able to do is just to have regular people, you know, have, yeah. have regular conversations without the kind of, like you just said, the connections or the friends, connections to clubs. It's, uh, it just gives a different feel to things. And obviously, you know, there's a lot of podcasts that are blowing up, particularly uh, Open Goal. I'm not too sure if you've heard about that. Um, that's got really big Cy Ferry and, and Kevin Kyle and Andy Halliday. Mm-hmm. You know, they do their own one and it's, it's really good. And they're all in football, but they talk as if they don't have any connections, which... Uh, which has been really interesting. So if anyone hasn't listened to that and you're a football fan, you could definitely go. It's a really good listen. But personally, listen to yours instead. Yeah, well, I mean, that would be fantastic. If they could tune into, they could tune into mine instead, that would be great. Yeah. Uh, hopefully one day I'll be on the same level as those guys, but we'll see. You never know. I will never, ever forget that you come from Gullen. <laughs> exactly. That's the most important thing. I'll always remember... Uh, always remember where you come from and, and Gullen's a good place to come from a good background so, yeah, exactly good. so how do, going straight back to where we kicked off with your um, California trip how did you actually get into that how, how did that happen yeah great question um, so I was just volunteering at North Berwick um, along the road just helping out with the with the kids kind of doing some volunteering coaching and I just loved it. And at the time I was working on a golf course and I wasn't enjoying that. And um, my cousin who I mentioned who I worked for, you know, for his kind of company, mm-hmm. he'd been out in the States for a few years at that point um, and landed in California and was kind of settling in California. So through him, I got to go out and live with him for three months from September to Christmas time in 2012. Right. Um, so I spent three months shadowing him, you know, volunteering and helping out where I could at the club that he was at. And fortunately, before I came back at Christmas, I got asked by the club. They said, look, we would love to give you a team or two. Would you want to come back after Christmas and work for us? 
Um, and I said, absolutely. Um, didn't think about it twice. Came home, spent three weeks here at Christmas, packed my stuff up and off I went to live in California. <laughs> wow. What an amazing story. The thing is, though, it's something yeah. that you may never have got a chance, the opportunity to do ever again. You know what I mean? So. Oh, massively. Mm-hmm. Massively. And um, it's... Uh, you know, it's, it's an experience that I think anyone should do, but certainly if you're wanting to be a coach, to so go and experience another culture, mm-hmm. another way of living, you know, see how see how another country coaches football. It's just good to get lots of different opinions, yeah. you know, and different ways of doing things. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, it's fantastic. So you worked in a golf club. Did you actually take golf up or do are you like me? You're just like, nah, that's not for me. Nah, nah, nah. I was, I was extremely fortunate. I got a job at Muirfield. Oh, right. Um, which everyone was telling me, oh my God, you have a job at Muirfield, that's amazing. And, you know, looking back now, the whole time I was like, I have no interest in golf. Like, I don't really want to do this. But it was a good job to mm-hmm. get leaving high school because I didn't want to go to uni. Yeah. So I did that for a couple of years, but it just wasn't for me. Um, you know, I work at no the other end of Gullen. <laughs> I, work, I work at the other end. I work in Gullen Golf Club. And folk are like, right, that, okay. wow, you work in Gullen Golf Club? It's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Am I yeah, going to yeah, be impressed? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I was, um, so I, I'm the same as you. I just, golf wasn't, you know, yeah. all my friends play golf. I respect it. I've got way more into it recently, actually. Um, but, uh, yeah, it wasn't something that I was into at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just like, this isn't for me. I knew, I knew it wasn't going to be long term. Yeah. yeah. Well, at, yeah. Least, at least you got yourself a job. That's the main thing. And you managed to save up and go out to California and live a dream, basically. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, you definitely could say that. Certainly was there. Don't regret a second of it. I've taken a lot from it. And just living in California where I was in San Jose outside San Francisco. So, you know, you have the whole tech thing there with Facebook and Apple. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's where all that is there. And it's a really cool, interesting place. And, um, yeah, if anyone can get a chance to go visit San Francisco and stuff, you definitely need to go. It's an incredible city. Yeah, I definitely want to go to San Francisco because I want to go to the Bay and I also want to go to Alcatraz. Oh, yeah, I've been there a few times. Every time someone came out to visit, I went there. So I've been about 10 times. (laughs) That is somewhere (laughs) I always wanted to go. I don't know why. It's just one of these things that I just want to go there. Yeah, 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 yeah. um, I would say definitely take it off your bucket list. It's really, really cool. The tour... The tour around there is amazing. You get like a wee kind of headset and mm-hmm. you walk around and um, yeah, it's very cool. That was a that was a great experience. Definitely, definitely something I have yeah. to do. Anyway, anything else you want to tell us before we disappear? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I mean, I'd like to say you know thank you to you for for having me on. You know, I just reached out and thought I'd give it a go and, and you know try and try and get my name out there a little bit. So definitely. I appreciate that. Um, if if everyone could that listens to this could just tune into it, check out Canon Conversations. If they like it, tell people about it, share it, subscribe to it. Um, and I just wanted to say thanks to my mum and dad for putting up with me and my brother, you know, <laughs> moving back home after eight years. You know, I'm sure that's been enjoyable for them in the last year. And uh, yeah, just just shout out to the kind of Parky Star group that I'm all friends with. Uh, <laughs> all my friends have been been with them back. They've been a uh, They've been really supportive, so um, yeah, thank you. Oh, it's it's good to have friends that support you a hundred percent, and obviously your parents are going to support you whatever you do. But when yeah. your friends support you a hundred percent, you know they've got your back. It does make a big, big difference in your life when you've got friends like that. 
huge difference, huge difference. The people you surround yourself make a big difference. So I'm happy I'm, uh, exactly. happy I'm back here around all those guys. It's nice. Definitely. And once COVID's over, I will actually get you into the studio with me one day. 100%. Count me in for that. If you're up for that. <laughs> Absolutely. I'd love to. It's just with the COVID restrictions, obviously, can't have people in the studio when you're on air or that, eh? Um, but as soon yeah. as everything goes back to as normal as possible, I'll get you in and we can spend a, three hours having a chat. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I would. I listen. I could. I could talk all day. So uh, absolutely, I'm. I'm a hundred percent. Hundred percent in for that. That's not a bad thing. Um, right. So you want to hang on the line, and I'll speak to you in a second. I'm going. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to play. Of course. I'm going to play Oasis and Wonderwall. Don't ask Great me why. Great choice of song. <laughs> Don't ask me why, but I thought you actually might like it. <laughs> that's definitely that's definitely a song I do like. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to play this, and I'm going to come to you, and we'll have a wee chat off here for a second. All right? Yeah. Cool. No worries. Thank- Thanks again, Liz. I appreciate it. Not at all. Thank you so much indeed. I'll speak to you in a second. Thanks.